0: You're listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast, presented by John Jacob. Hello. This podcast returns after an extended summer break now relaxed, restored and even with a shiny new voiceover. And to get the new, thoroughly good season underway, now that travel has started up and budgets have been signed off, a trip to the Inclassica International Music Festival, staged by the European Foundation for the Support of Culture, and Samit, a commercial group that mounts live events in the Middle East. Yes... The Middle East, thoroughly good, has ventured to Dubai, where the daytime temperature tops 42 degrees, and only the foolhardy and therefore British think it's a good idea to ditch the taxi to walk to a concert. And I'm here to meet this chap.
1: I'm Andreas Ottenzamer from Austria, from Vienna, and I'm a clarinet player. Uh, and uh, why do I do it? Well, because I love music, basically. And,
0: uh... That seems a little corny. <laughs> Here at Thoroughly Good, we're a social bunch. Follow us at Thoroughly Good on Twitter, Thoroughly underscore good on Instagram, and Thoroughly Good me on Facebook. Uh, Why the clarinet, though? I have a good friend who says the clarinet, it's not really a proper instrument. Uh,
1: Well, maybe it wasn't, but now it is. No, look, uh, I did start with the piano as a a little kid, so um, it was not right... Uh, right away to to the clarinet, and then I went actually for the for the cello. So it was a bit of a detour before before <laughs> uh, before I settled um, for now at least. Uh, no, the clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so you you're, you're
0: saying you're announcing now that you may possibly shift from the clarinet to some other instrument.
1: Well, actually, that already happened. Not instrument, but I'm conducting as yes. well. So. Yeah. Uh,
0: but why do you play? the clarinet? Why have you settled on the clarinet?
1: Uh, look, I mean, the instrument was very prominent in my family, let's put it this way, this way, and I think you can then only either love it or hate it, in a way, <laughs> uh, because it was so kind of naturally surrounding me, and then just curiosity kind of struck uh, at some point, and I wanted to try, and there was, I think, the decision uh, if I, you know, if I like, if I enjoy it or not, and and that that really made the difference uh, for, for, for me, that when I really, you know, I when I laid my hands on, on the instrument, I felt, oh, this is fun. Then there was a, there was the match kind
0: of, you know. There were three of you. Your late father was one of them, obviously, and your brother, Daniel. That suggests that you were, none of you, competitive. I mean, your father obviously wasn't competitive with you, but, but your brother wasn't competitive with you and you weren't competitive with him.
1: No, actually. yeah. I mean, we, we really, we played uh, Right away, a lot of chamber music together at home, and 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 it was a lot. Well, it was very much about together, you know, and and um, that was the only way I think also uh, to to answer basically again the question why clarinet because it was right away fun and, and kind of um, inclusive in a right.
0: way. So there was something participatory about it then. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Okay, uh, I think what surprises me is just that my assumption would be that if there's another clarinetist in the family the one thing that you wouldn't want to do is play the clarinet professionally
1: yeah I mean it was uh, you know from a kind of a strategic point of view it was really stupid <laughs> <laughs> it was really really stupid that's, that's right <laughs> yeah. you going really struggle with cut through yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like <laughs> how can how can I uh, build competition myself you know it's like <laughs> I know what I'll really do bad. yeah, yeah okay. uh, but you know I mean my, my mom uh, tries to convince me to do something else and uh, I mean it you know, step back, I I was always multi-interested. So I always, ha- always had other stuff that I wanted to do and was keen on doing. And for me, it was never um, clear, actually, well, never. it was for a long time not clear that I would do this as a profession. So um, I always had other paths and other doors uh, open. Um, and then I, but I stuck with it because it was really fun and th- th- there again you know so the motivation to do it was really through having fun with it and, and not through how can I maximise my chances of having a great <laughs> career you know <laughs> because <they're> obviously th- <laughs> there obviously we don't have to dis- ass- discuss that <laughs>
0: there is an assumption on my part I know and on other journalists part that you know they must have possibly made up their mind at around 5 years old and then they were hot housed, and then they and then they signed to G- DG and they got loads of money Well look, but obviously that normally, it was.
1: normally it might be that way but I, I wasn't that you know stupid to Say, then I'm really going to choose the clarinet. Then I would have chosen a different instrument because, Mm. again, (laughs) this (laughs) is one with a little bit
0: more repertoire,
1: yeah, and also with a little less family inclusion. uh, uh, But,
0: um, so So does that actually, I hadn't even considered that. Does that mean that at some point there's always been that sort of voice of are they going to compare me?
1: Not necessarily compare me, but um, is there going to be enough room in a way, right? Because uh, enough space, because as you were. Uh, slightly hinching the clarinet is not the most kind of I would say popular in a sense of widespread also in repertoire yeah. and, and you know it's it's not um, it's I mean at least back then it was rarely seen on on, on orchestra schedules as a, as a solo instrument right um, you have those one two players who are famous and then that's it basically right so um, yeah in, in that respect of course you have to ask the question is there going to be actually a path for me also orchestra musician wise you know I mean there's only so many orchestras uh, at the top level if you want to aim for that um, that have also open positions so you're not it's not entirely up to you it's also about timing and luck and, and everything and if, if you're the third in line basically then it's, it's a bit tough but but
0: yeah well, you're not suggesting that you're, you're, <laughs> your seat in the Berlin Philharmonic is down to luck I mean of all the orchestras that you could have picked to play in
1: well the luck is that the position was open because I, I didn't choose that and it was not foreseeable because someone stopped actually early, so it opened up. And uh, actually I was almost too young for, for, for in that moment, so it was for sure luck that it happened the way it happened. You know. How old were you then? Uh, 20.
0: You were 20? Yeah. What, when you auditioned or when you got the job? Both,
1: yeah. <clears throat> yeah.
0: That means that you hadn't finished your studies.
1: No, exactly. Um
0: Uh Okay. That's freaked me out. Um God I mean great Thanks very much for your time. Let's let's say goodbye. Wow. Uh so was that was that pressure? I mean surely at twenty years old you'd be thinking shit. I mean I'd have been thinking shit.
1: Um pressure well. Yes, pressure, but not in the sense I think we understand the word. It was more like a challenge, uh, of course, but like a game of tennis. No, no, well, <laughs> no, more like suddenly there comes so much quality opportunity flying your way in a way uh, that that you have to emerge yourself in that, right? So, so that that, that kind of pressure, so like positive opportunity yeah. um, so it's not like you're sitting at home and th- saying okay what am I going to do next but it's really like flying in your face and you have to try to, to kind of deal with it so that kind of thing but not in a way that I was asking oh my god how am I going to do this or oh this is too much absolutely not that way it was more like okay I'm really excited uh, what's coming next and how, how is this going to where is it going to go it's a,
0: but that uh, this is the problem with these interviews you know you come in with a plan and then you end up going on a different path yeah. that what that then makes me think is how were you? What were the defining characteristics of your upbringing that made you mentally prepared to respond to that? Because unless I'm just unless I'm just responding to the marketing of the Berlin Philharmonic, which from my, from a UK perspective is just like oh my god, they're just like they're massive. <laughs> how did you, how do you what do you point to in your upbringing that helped you handle that?
1: Well, there for sure, sports play a role. Um, I was that sports was always my my big kind of um, balance point, or actually even more than that, because before I, I went into music, I was I was going down the path of really um, um, even thinking of becoming a sports. How do you say? Like to have sports, my my. A professional sports sportsman. Person, whatever. Yeah, wow. exactly. Yeah, so, you so really are
0: annoying, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really good at music, really good at sport, choices. Okay. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I'll, I'll you. No, yeah, for sure. But but the mental aspect of sports I think is very interesting because it, it combines maybe even more or for sure even more than music, uh, the challenge or whatever you call it, pressure, with, with fun, with a game. In itself, it's a tennis game, for example, a soccer game. So they and they, they work around a lot with that, that, that with this idea of having uh, how you deal with pressure in a game kind of mode, and 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 how you turn it into something positive. And I think that's that really stuck with me. And and the second part of my upbringing that's really made the difference is that everything seemed to be kind of internal if that makes sense like natural and not uh, positioned on me or whatever brought to me from external kind of. so it was best it wasn't example, imposed, it, imposed was, exactly. it was it was organic it, was it wasn't imposed it was just there like music was there I, I was born into music and not and not uh, there was no music around and then at, at a certain age I was handed things to me. but before i even knew what it is i heard all the instruments around me because they were played at home so this kind of thing makes it so organic and natural and and and, and uh, yeah that's i think why why there's this positivity and ease uh, in in my in my head at least uh, around these things yeah
0: my assumption is that you that in terms of sport you're not a footballer i mean i know that you play a lot of tennis because you post a lot of pictures on instagram about tennis which is fine, by the way. But also, there's a lot of pictures about tennis. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's dial that one back. And dial, dial <laughs> down the hotel picture. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know your bath. That's the weird thing. And I've got to tell you, you've got a much bigger bathroom than I have. Um, well, there we go. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> so that's because you're the talent, aren't you? Um, but, but what
1: does that tell you musically? That's the thing.
0: Uh, it tells me quite a lot musically, actually. <laughs> but there's no time for that. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. No, uh, my my assumption is that you d- that you don't in terms of sport, you don't play football because I don't. I wouldn't describe. I wouldn't think that football is a fun competitive sport. I mean, that's not my impression of it.
1: I I do play a lot. I did play a lot of football, but we didn't really like how uh, very much. What you're saying, actually, how how you know how how the sport was kind of structured in a way mm. and that's why we founded our own team so uh it was only our friends from school and also other musicians and stuff and we founded our own our own team to be surrounded by by the people we we like and we get on with well because i think that makes a huge difference in the sport if if you have this the right dynamic in in your own team then it it, it can be such a actually an Almost an elegant sport. Uh, if you just play with someone you see or whatever, it can sometimes be quite rude. <laughs> you know uh, so the elegance
0: comes in when there's no aggression. I mean, I see football as a very aggressive sport, well, bizarrely, in a way that rugby isn't. But. Well,
1: I know. How do you like my. Wow, we're being monitored. <laughs> how, do, how do you like my. Ones,
0: uh, Somebody ideas? else is answering for you. <laughs> Is that your it. call? No, no, no. Oh, right. I mean, that would be, that would be terribly awkward, because <laughs> you'd have to wait. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Mr. Shaw, you can't play your concerto because I'm doing an interview. You. Exactly. Uh, uh, what we about? Uh, so, yeah, no, I see football as, a, as an aggressive sport in a way that I don't see rugby as an aggressive sport.
1: What, aggression... In sports, or being ready to fight and, and, and agile and everything, that is totally fine. But the the other aggression, which is really just uh, kind of physical and, and not part of the game, that that doesn't really belong and that's
0: not... Uh,
1: yeah, we didn't want that too much. Uh, another verbal th- aggression sometimes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I see that. I'm sounding like I watch a lot of football. I really don't. I hate it. Uh, I'm reminded of another question because of what you told me, which is... How do you deal... Somebody mentioned this in the press conference yesterday, but I think they asked it in a slightly clumsy way, and I think that you navigated it in a highly professional way. Uh, but I wonder how you, how you uh, adjust to... The diplomatic way of saying it would be different playing styles or different orchestras. Let's not name them, but when you're playing in the Burn of Phil, there is a certain level that's okay then uh, there's a certain level in the Berlin film. you go inevitably you go to a different orchestra in a different country with a different rehearsal schedule or a different rehearsal pattern and there's going to be a different quality how do you adjust when you're playing as a soloist how do you be forgiving well, I suppose because I would be really quite impatient to get it right well
1: I mean there, I th- there's nothing wrong with with kind of being resilient is that the right word to really you know s- stick with it and try to, to get things to a, to a higher level in rehearsal that's what it's there for so I, I don't I'm not shy about really getting to work and really also um, you know pointing my finger at something which is not right um, and the same goes for me if, if, if someone tells me something and I can follow their argumentation then I'm, I can take criticism I think very well um, so I think that's that's what we're there for but the in, in terms of adjustment I think it comes very naturally um when you when you come to a place and you feel that people want to offer something want to share want to work on something then then you don't start at okay where is the basic quality now you know you don't you don't you very rarely actually um take the, the now as, as, the, as the kind of situation you deal with but where can we go basically right and, and what can we achieve in the rehearsal to then end up if you're then happy or frustrated in the end that's a different question but uh, you can only try basically And right? do you get
0: happy or well obviously you get happy because you seem a reasonably well-balanced individual which also really confuses me but that's <laughs> a reflection of me uh, do you find yourself frustrated sometimes after some performances let's not name them well sure, i
1: mean I, I would be lying if i'd say i'm, I'm always happy not necessarily
0: what I'm, what I'm driving at is not necessarily with you but with the quality of a particular right. band
1: yeah. even there you know it's so sensitive and sensible the this whole work right so it might even be that the quality is great but it was just not the exact feeling or emotion that you were uh, striving for and then you can be I mean frustrated is a very hard word but you can be a bit uh, let's say unsatisfied in, in, in some ways and, and of course that happens often and, and that's also a challenge then what you do uh, how, how, how close to your heart are you, are you going to take that right because if you are getting upset every time also in the next couple of days maybe even when you already start your next project you're still kind of reflecting on it and it will wear you out uh, over, over some time you know and but at the same time if you don't if you just cut off with it and you say okay I don't care then you're going to get numb to, to, to that emotional depth and intensity that you need so it's a bit of a, a kind of schizophrenic thing you have to do there to, to be open enough to really dig into it but then as well uh, kind of protect yourself a little bit
0: why the move to conducting? You're doing what Colin Davis did.
1: Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I mean... you exactly
0: somewhat surprised.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm surprised. He held a bat on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised because actually, I mean, it's, I'm surprised to see how uncommon in, in our heads it is mm. uh, that actually every conductor was an instrumentalist. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean that's just a fact so I, the question, I hope I think, so at least <laughs> so have you been asked
0: that question a lot then why no, <laughs> but,
1: I mean I, I'm, I'm aware I'm aware of the whole situation I, I know that that there's also many many instrumentalists who just do this for fun and that is a bit of a danger because then the conducting part is not going to be at the same level than their instrumental part and and um, that that is kind of a, a Tricky situation, yeah. Um, but yeah, I take it very seriously. And, and for me, it's been coming for for some years already. I didn't I didn't decide it overnight, <laughs> uh, obviously. And and I do did and do study it, uh, you know, properly. Uh, you don't need to
0: justify your position. Yeah. That's absolutely fine.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just I'm just sharing it because yeah. because I think there is uh, you know a certain kind of flooding also of 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 people who. Try to do that, and, and yeah. but, anyways, why? Um, because it's a step to intensify uh, my my musical path, or whatever you want to to call it. So it's just um, it's a different level, of course, of of interaction and of of, um, of challenge, also for,
0: for for myself. What was the first? Excuse me, that was breakfast. <laughs> that wasn't very nice, was it? Uh, I didn't have steak for breakfast, yeah. but I did have a lot. Um, What was the first challenge that you had to overcome when it came to stepping onto the podium?
1: You mean really in the moment when when I conducted the concert for the first time or when I said, okay, I want to take up conducting?
0: I I love your precision, so let's go with both. So what was the first challenge when you made the decision?
1: Actually, my biggest challenge was As I said there was not one moment where I suddenly decided but it it came kind of uh, slowly or you know Um, first of all through my interest in the art itself of conducting and then also through actually intensifying my relationships with certain orchestras where I've been in play conducting my own concerto and then we've been talking about okay it would be nice to to do a whole program etc and then my biggest challenge was that I just didn't see myself having the time really properly to um, prepare for, for, for these things because you know seasons are just rolling over you like crazy, and you have so much to do, and to then really say, "Okay, stop, I cancel half a season and and or or a whole season and just take the time to uh." for myself is really tough. I, I just didn't see myself doing it in a way. And then suddenly Corona came. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. And, and, and wow, it, what a dividend. <laughs> and and did it for me. Uh, so honestly, I mean for me I I I really liked that I was able to use the time um and and do this uh properly and use it properly for myself. So this this was great. Um that was a challenge that was basically resolved for for me mm-hmm. and, and that was great. And and then I wouldn't say challenge but really interesting is um, the huge difference between playing as a soloist and conducting is or one of the huge differences is that when i when I perform um, actually the, the rehearsal procedure is very relaxed in a way and it's very kind of it's just positive and and you know you try to to make the best but you're really basically in your own playing you're very relaxed and uh, there's nothing to to kind of um, there's really little pressure, so to say. And then the concert, of course, uh, that's, that's where the moment is and that's why you pull yourself together, so to say, and, and really go for it full, full on. And in the conducting, it was very interesting for me to see that it's exactly the opposite, basically. Like, the first rehearsal is the most stressful if you want or the most important also to really lay the grounds for the work that you're going to do and and it's the most demanding as well and then actually as the, the closer you get to the concert and in the concert itself as well the the less you basically also can do and should also be doing because because you have worked to get the results where you are and then you share it with the orchestra and, and that's really interesting. It's is almost the opposite way around.
0: Sounds awful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: I'd rather be the soloist really. I just breathe in, I'm here for the rehearsal, I'll see you later. I mean that seems <laughs> seems a far a far nicer thing. So I saw you conduct the Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra in an early live stream after the second lockdown. I think that will mean nothing to you, I think. Uh-huh. But you were at pool at that well-known concert venue, the Lighthouse in Pool, how was how was that experience? Do you recall it? Please say yes. <laughs> Please don't say no. I've 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 no idea. It's, <laughs> a, it's a bit of blur. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> Who are you?
1: No, yeah. it <laughs> 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 was great. I was I was really happy. It was one People of those wearing klimsoles. I
0: think. What, what it white white them? plimsolls, I think, on
1: stage. What what is plimsolls? Sneakers? Oh, right.
0: so, well, okay, sneakers. White sneakers. No, sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were white sneakers. No, I, don't normally, I don't normally, I don't normally say. I think plimsolls is a is a brand name, but anyway, you were you're wearing white Coca-Cola. white sneakers.
1: Should I throw us a few brands? Yeah it's <laughs> no, fine. Hey, yeah, you were. Do you recall that? Uh, it was actually black sneakers with oh. black white uh, soles. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If you want, okay. if you want to know exactly, yeah. <laughs> I can give you the.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are the second person who's corrected me on detail uh, this week. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, yeah. So how was the
1: how was the experience of the sneakers or no <laughs> the orchestra? <laughs> so it was it was really 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 great for me to to do this because it was in the middle of, of a actually of a time where nothing could really happen and, and I was just uh, recording a little bit uh for for my album in, in, in Berlin with with my label. Um and that's it basically. And then with Bournemouth Symphony we had this fantastic uh, uh project coming up which couldn't take place. Uh-huh. And then uh you know we were talking but still let's do something and then and then they I think the initiative they had uh for their for their uh, friends, uh, how do you say it, like the friends of the orchestra, yep. uh, to build up this online streaming system and really have concerts almost every week, I think, mm-hmm. uh, um, was fantastic because it is a big effort and, and, and they did it. And um, yeah, I think that was really valuable. And then we uh, we decided to do a conducting only program uh, to take the step and uh, that's great to do with an orchestra that you trust a lot and they also trust me. I was just in residence there, so we have a nice and close relationship and yeah I mean for me it was really great to, to have this space uh, and also time to work with the orchestra actually uh, quite a challenging programme uh, of course no audience was
0: a bit of pity and also a distance orchestra you yes. know it struck me that if you've if you spent, it's all very well spending 14 months sort of exploring your identity as a conductor no. <laughs> on your own and then one of the first conducting experiences when everyone's spread out on stage yeah.
1: well of course I mean look my experience in the musical field in general uh, helps me a lot in that it's not like i'm i'm new to it it's just of course um, no, but there is
0: a communication challenge there, when they when that's uh, pronounced. No, there's a huge challenge,
1: of course. I'm just saying that for for me, I'm I'm not new to solving these kind of problems because uh, even when I'm a clarinetist, I I do listen to everything and I know how difficult it is to have contact with the last stand and and the winds or something. So um, there, it helped me a lot actually, my musical experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it was uh, goes without saying a, a huge challenge to to work through this uh, really yeah unnatural kind of uh, um, setup in a way of, of, of s- when we still have it I mean also mm-hmm. here you, you can see the the, the the space that is between musicians is enormous um, and it's it's fantastic how we can manage to deal with it but then again, we're happy when it goes back to, to to being close. And who knows? I mean, maybe it's going to be so much easier in future than when we sit back all close together again. I like
0: to think that all of those sort of petty rivalries between the back desk of the the violins, and the back desk, of the violas viola, so they're just going to be a thing of the past, because it's, be, it's going to be like No, <laughs> am I am I being really naive <laughs> about got, that. It's always the kind of violas. Right, right into it. <laughs> I I it. Back Fine. On. I'm, I'm being so good. English about it. Yeah. Um, there's one other thing that strikes me when I look at your Instagram feed, and I look at, uh, I think there was a DG album called Portraits, uh, in 2013, which opens with a cracking Gershwin prelude, which is just Perfect for social media because it's only one minute forty-seven seconds. I hope you're appreciating the research, um, which is that in 2013 you had. How old would you have been then if you don't mind me asking? Twenty.
1: What is it like? Eight years ago? No, what, thirteen. Years uh, a years ago, eight years yes. ago. Uh Twenty-four.
0: So at that point, Instagram wasn't a massive thing in the way that it is now. For example, I mean, Twitter was obviously big, and so too Facebook. Uh, you had already. Signed to DG, and you were doing sort of arrangements and sort of quite sophisticated arrangements of um, accessible music, combined with uh, an already uh, an already uh, recognisable profile across a number of different sectors. That sounds terribly formal, but what that's that's quite normal now or that's certainly what is necessary for musicians now because musicians need to go where the audience are and that might be that this particular audience isn't interested in classical music my point is you were doing it before uh a big wave of influencers. are you are you aware of that were you aware of that at the time because that's really benefited surely
1: well i wasn't aware so much that it's that this wave is, is coming in a way uh although it's not it's not a completely new wave i mean it's 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 just has defined itself to be exactly that what you what you said you know I mean, there was always i think some some ways to combine things and it, maybe it used to be more the the big pieces of repertoire that were always being like beethoven 5 had mm-hmm. always to be there or about you know like this maybe that was the the wave of the future <laughs> of the past uh, where 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 this was the Let's see, if you like. The accessible yeah. music of, and nowadays it's more like uh, new, how do you call this? Uh, contemporary classical. Contemporary classical, yeah. exactly. These, these kind of things, yeah. Um, or arrangements and st- uh, stuff. Like that. But even arrangements in the past, you know, were always done. It's just now it's maybe more in the spotlight. But, um, so I wasn't, I wasn't so aware of, of, of the start of this kind of thing. But because actually for me, in, in, the, in the forefront there, stands that this is a very personal choice of pieces. So it actually was more of a coincidence because uh, I chose pieces that I played in the original versions on the other instruments. So the Gershwin Peruda I I used to play on the piano always, and then the the Amy Beach, for example, I used to play on the cello, Uh, and and also the Debussy, uh, La Fille, I used to play on the piano. So I I wanted for my debut kind of to take these pieces uh, from my other instruments, the piano and the cello, uh, and arrange them for the clarinet, and so I have a very personal kind of uh, um,
0: setup. Yeah, I suppose I look back on that now with a bit of hindsight and think that that helped establish the Ottensama brand. I suppose that's really the better way of uh, explaining it. That I see uh, Andreas Ottensama as a brand on the internet and on Spotify, and that it sort of started with that particular album and w- and was benefited by. Um, the uptake of Instagram and I'm just wondering whether you're aware of that or whether I'm reading too much into it
1: I'm, I'm suspecting well, that I am no to be honest actually you are going to be the one who, who can who can um, who will who know better because were you
0: advised to do that I suppose that that would be the, the ah. better way into it. Were you advised, mm-hmm. or did or did you just don't well, know? I'm doing that.
1: No, actually, um, I mean, it's a process, and of course, I was I was talking with my with my producers and stuff. But but as I mentioned, it, it is so personal the mm-hmm. choice of, of of the pieces that it, I think that explains that it was not something that was laid upon me. Like mm-hmm. it, it, I, I really I wanted. For me it was it was very important to have at least two concertos that are really like center pieces of of repertoire which which we have with the Copeland and the spore there uh, so that was very important. I really wanted to make us a mark in in that in that sector but then it is always basically it is asked of you uh as a as a recording artist to to then you combine this with something so how what is going to be the the whole the whole picture and there i came in and said okay let's why not do something that really reflects on on my path until here which comes from from the piano and the cello with with these pieces and then uh, i just love also to to go into a bit of of jazzy or in in that arrangement is actually like latin jazz kind of thing how we did it the, the gershwin so it was very personal and and i think it just happened to be something that then was picked up uh, uh, not picked up of my recording. I wouldn't say that it's that important, but it was just picked up by also the audience to, audiences to, to, to well, enjoy mass, that kind of thing. Yeah, it has mass appeal.
0: Yeah. It has a, a, a yeah, yeah. much wider appeal. Um, I've now completely forgotten the final question I was going to ask you. Oh, here we go. Uh, which is, given how you have um, established yourself as a clarinetist, what do you think the next generation of clarinetists will need to do in order to establish themselves? And don't say play sport <laughs> <laughs> or wear sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> they all have to take lessons from me. <laughs> 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 um,
1: the autumn summer mafia. Yeah, wow, he's um, really intense. <laughs> um, no, look, I mean. I didn't have a strategy and I still don't actually to which stands above any everything I do. It's it's rather that I really try to do everything that I want to do in a very good and mm-hmm. honest and direct way so also because you've mentioned a couple of times also my social media presence is not something that I that I strategize or that I plan or that you know that that is a means purely to advertise something that I want to reach but it's rather just really sharing exactly yes. how I, don't, I, feel, you
0: know? I don't i don't see pouting i don't see yeah. people pouting in locations <laughs> i just see really really fucking gorgeous locations really so you're obviously helped by geography yeah um, <laughs> yeah but, uh, but, but look but what will that next generation need yeah really, so do you think? so what i'm trying to say with that is
1: um i don't think there's there's the one strategy that you i, I first of all i don't think there's the one strategy that will uh bring you to success in a way. And then also, I don't think you should too much try to establish one before you really know how you naturally would go about things. So uh, if you are the type who's really um, open, uh, also social media-wise, or, or, I don't know, uh, you know, wants to do some other collaborations apart from music, uh, going to fashion or, or whatever, then, then you should do it. But if you're not, then you shouldn't because in the end it will not help you if you fake it so to say right Uh, at some point it will show so I really think you should try to as long as possible uh, find out or or along the process I still do who you are and what what you want to do and then dig into that really really deep and with with intensity rather than trying to push yourself always into into things that maybe aren't maybe aren't made for you
0: Uh, that suggests then that you not only did you have a a positive upbringing. Um, I mean, clearly you had a positive upbringing. It would be awful to say you had a really <laughs> negative one. Um, uh, that you also had an extremely positive music college experience. Music what? Music college as a music conservatoire. Ah, music college. Um, you know, your studying experience. But I yeah. don't. I don't get any sense as I do from some musicians that you know that period of study was hell on earth or that they were hot housed. It sounds as though actually it was all really positive.
1: To, to be honest. Uh, for me, it, it always went way, way, way beyond anything that I learned at music university. It was really a very small part of, of what made me do what I what I do and how I do it. I mean, the, still all the respect to, to to my to my to my teacher and to everything. I mean, it was great. The the, the really the clarinet part of it, quality, uh, was amazing. But as far as like personality and and opinions and. And character, or or you know your your whole personality is concerned. If you only live in that little cosmos, that's not going to be enough. I mean, you you really um, and maybe that is then my advice to to just try to uh, embrace life and, in in many different uh, aspects and, and ways, and not be too much only focused on on one thing. I mean, uh, locking yourself in a room and, and practicing for twelve hours is going to get you maybe to be a bit better on the instrument, but then are you going to touch people, 2,000, 3,000 people in the audience with that? Maybe you're going to touch them if you play a uh, 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 beautiful melancholic uh, uh, melody and you've actually lived through the emotion that you're trying to convey. Maybe that's going to be actually more intense to, mm. to share. So, so to find that balance of, of course, um, discipline, uh, what you need in, in, in a profession like this, um, but also building your own your own personality and character and opinions and, and ex- experiences. Um, that That is, I think, very important. Yeah.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to tell me that I haven't asked you?
1: Uh, no, I think I, I need to go to the beach.
0: <laughs> How very you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw those pictures as well. We don't have a beach, though. You've been listening to The Thoroughly Good, Classical Music Podcast, presented by John Jacob. The Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast is available on any half-decent podcast platform, like Google or Amazon or Spotify, plus some others you might not have heard of.